Hello, Lafayette, and welcome to the next episode of the LPI podcast, where we talk about Lafayette schools, the LPI Education Foundation, and what your donation supports for our teachers and children. My name is Adam Welcome. I'm the host of this podcast for LPI, and also a father of two children currently at Spring Hill Elementary. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we have three super awesome guests that I am so excited to have a conversation with. We have Betsy Balmet, the principal at Stanley Middle School. We have Melody Dewey, one of the school psychologists, and Mary Nolan, one of the school counselors at Stanley. Uh, Melody, let's start with you. Can you just give everyone a brief introduction of who you are? Yeah, sure. I'm a school psychologist and I am pretty new to Lafayette. This is my second year here, and I have been working mostly with special ed, but this year we're doing something new, which is very exciting. We're working on a full school social emotional learning curriculum, and um, that's what Mary and I have been spending a lot of time working on these days. Awesome. Well, Mary, introduce yourself since Melody already started to. <laughs> Um, I'm Mary Nolan. I'm one of the three school counselors here at Stanley. I serve students with last names G through O. Um, this is my fifth year at Stanley. I love it. I think this is like maybe the best job on the planet. Um, yeah, I think that's it for me. Yeah, I mean, and if, you know, this is a podcast so people can't see you, but let me just assure everyone these ladies are smiling. And I think when people smile, when they are talking about their job, that just shows you how much they love what they do. Betsy, principal, introduce us, uh, introduce yourself to the, to the listeners. Absolutely, well, thank you for having us. And uh, I know you can't see it, but my smile is ear to ear just because I'm <laughs> thrilled to have just these two amazing educators along with our entire staff who are so devoted to helping support the whole child at Stanley. So we have such a strong academic focus here, but that never goes without thinking through how students are feeling and how they are developing. And we just have such an amazing team of teachers and educators here who are all working in the same direction. So um, I am the proud principal here. This is my fourth year's principal, seventh year as admin, was a sixth grade core teacher here starting in 1993. Um, seventh grade core teacher, my student, my children went to school here, so I've been, been around for a little too long, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> um, many of my former students have their children here now, so it's quite a journey to see and a wonderful community to support, support students, and so happy to be here. Well, I didn't know all of that history about Betsy, and maybe when you do retire, you can do like historical tours of Lafayette because that is just great history. And actually, a side note about Stanley, a couple of years ago, we were up in Lake Tahoe at our family cabin, and we met the woman whose family Stanley was named after. Her last name was Stanley and I said oh my gosh like we live in Lafayette and she she told us some stories I don't rem remember her first name but as we all know there is a lot of history in Lafayette well I just have to give kudos to 
to the Lafayette School District and to LPI because this year, 2020, as we all know, is like nothing we have ever or hopefully will ever experience again. And with that being said, on earlier episodes, we have talked about the ability to pivot. I think 2020, a big theme is being able to pivot and what we used to do, we can do somewhat the same, but it's gotta look a little bit different. And I know at Stanley, it, things look a little bit different. And one of those differences that I think is having a really positive impact on kids is these student support services. And there are some new offerings and new opportunities that are new this year to Stanley that I think a lot of people may not know about. So student support services at Stanley. Betsy, can you give us kind of a 30,000 foot viewpoint of what that is, and then we'll go a little bit deeper with Melody and Mary with some more specific questions on those on those services. Sure, and pivot is a really good word to use because we certainly have learned that pivoting several times has been necessary as we've gotten this school year up and launched. I will say one of the one of the things that we walked into this school year knowing is that we would need to spend more time with our students and supporting their social emotional needs. Regularly, we have amazing counselors and a wonderful student support staff who helps our social emotional needs of our kids. But we recognize that we want to make sure that all of our students are receiving those services and having time with a caring, trusted adult that is not just focused on academics. One of the other reasons behind creating a student support class, which is the student's eighth period class this year, new to Stanley, is that in the regular bell schedule, students are attending their academics, they're attending their electives, and we have fewer minutes with them based on distance learning. So we wanted to make sure that we were really being very devoted to that subject matter and the academics. So all of the other additional time that you would spend with students, we knew that we were gonna to need to have time to do that. So our teachers and staff came together and agreed to add an additional period to their, their work schedule and to the student schedule to have that eighth period class of student support. So now all students have a period on their schedule with one of our staff members, every one of our teachers here has a class and it's a class of about 20, 19, 20 students and they meet on Monday and Thursday for a full 65 minutes. A part of that is to address the social emotional curriculum that we'll be talking about in a bit. But another part of that is really to talk about the community building, what we used to do with our fun Fridays, we now do during our student support, we call it Thursday. Um, <laughs> so it's a great time for our kids to, um, it's a great time for our kids to just be kids. They're doing cahoots, they're learning yeah. fun facts about our staff members, but they're also taking the time to ask questions, read the bulletin together, understand where to go if they need help, um, so we've just found so many amazing, amazing games from this class. We recently did a survey of our students during student support. And one of the things that we were asking about them about is whether or not they valued having that additional period and that additional time. And we did have a 74%, absolutely. And, and so they were fours or fives on our scale of one to five. 
with how much they valued that time. So we're really seeing a great benefit with our students just being able to have a period of time where they can explore other op other topics and other issues and get some much needed support. So that on top of our counselors who are still available and who are constantly working with students in addition to our psychologists. So. Wow, Betsy, before we get to Mary, because I have some follow up questions for you as an educator myself, everyone listening, I just have to tell you the one thing at a school and mainly a middle school or a high school that takes a lot of time is the master schedule. And just to know all the moving parts of what Betsy was just talking about and Mondays and Thursdays and every other Friday on a full moon and everything else and all the changes, it is so, that takes so many hours and careful and thought provoking conversations and meetings and time. And um, I just, I'm listening and I'm smiling just knowing that all of those conversations and all that time is just going directly back to the student and doing what, what is best for them. So Mary Nolan, you are one of the, one of the counselors at Stanley. And I, I believe you have G through O students, if I'm correct. Uh, plus or minus on the alphabet. So what has the student support services class or curriculum or just what is 2020 like and how is it supporting kids in this new environment? Um, yeah, I am G through O. <laughs> um, so it's, it's funny, the, there's three of us counselors um, and we have a caseload of about 300 to 400 each depending on who we're talking about. Um, and our it, our role hasn't changed that much. Um, we are still doing a lot of pushing into classrooms, which is like guidance curriculum. And what that would, what it's looking like now is actually in the student support class, writing those cell lessons um, because there are videos of our faces. So they're still seeing us. It looks different, of course. Um, and then we're still doing a lot of student check-ins in the during office hours and we check in with parents in the morning and collaborate with them to sort of if there's anything going on with their student and they need some extra support um, we kind of know where to point them or if it's us um, so like the three tiers I guess I should say that too of the kind of counseling that we would do what we work with is social emotional supports and that's students who are struggling with maybe some of their friendships. Uh, middle school is a pretty sensitive time and there's a lot of movement with social groups. Um, and then personal issues. So if, you know, there's big changes. Clearly there's a lot happening right now with the pandemic and kids being home more. So we're getting a lot, we're hearing a lot from students around those issues. And then lastly, academic supports. So um, helping students really advocating for them if they're struggling academically, um, where if whether it's setting up meetings with their entire teaching team, or maybe helping them just talk to one teacher. Um, middle school is this really interesting growing period for kids. So we really want to kind of build those advocacy skills. So that's another part of being a counselor here is like really helping them have a voice. So when they as they grow and they get older, they can keep asking for that help that they need. Um, and then with the cell work, it's been so meaningful. Um, I think Melody is probably going to chime in as well, um, because it feels a little bit like we're reaching a lot more students with that work. 
and now they really know who we are and if they need to reach us directly like I, I keep mentioning at the end of the lessons if you have any questions always you can call me or reach me at school loop um and i didn't have that kind of access like i it when we're in person so it's been kind of neat yeah so i gotta say we interviewed some teachers from akalani's high school last week and it made me want to go back to high school as a student and after starting this podcast i want to go back to middle school because i i had a good experience but i don't have those amazing memories and and support and mary i want to clarify something because i know in education we can sometimes speak in alphabet soup you said cell i'm thinking s-e-l which stands for social emotional learning are we on the same page mary that is correct got it so social emotional learning is supporting the emotions and the socialness of kids and as they're learning and that's a it's a pretty it's a pretty all-encompassing term um, but that's that's kind of the gist of the student support services and also many of the different functionalities that a counselor or a school psychologist would support speaking of school psychologist i can remember 22 year old adam as a brand new third grade teacher in danville and I had no idea what a school psychologist was. And then I got to know our school psychologist. And then I became a vice principal and I got to know our school psychologist even more. And then when I became a principal, I looked back on all the school psychs that I knew and I realized they were usually the smartest people in the entire building. And they, they just touch and impact and work with so many different factors of the work that most people don't know. And I think if you said school psychologist, I know as a principal and Betsy, I'm sure you could echo this, parents sometimes initially will stand back, wait, my child needs to talk to the school psychologist, but school psychologists are absolutely amazing. Melody, how do you support and impact social emotional learning, SEL, CEL, student support services at Stanley Middle School? That's a big question. <laughs> that's a pretty um, big intro. The smartest big... person in the school, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, there are so many prongs, I think, uh, if I had to give a response, because I don't just do one thing and I, I'm trying to reach the full population and it doesn't always happen. And I think this year, for the first time, this opportunity to provide this instruction at the direct level to the entire school this is the first time I've ever had, I've been able to do that. I've done lots of faculty trainings where the teachers then take the information and put it out. So this is very different. Um, and, and the goal is if we were to define what does it mean? What is social emotional learning? This is helping our students with their development in the area of their social development and their emotional development. Now, the curriculum is interesting because this seems sort of basic like well everybody should know this but the thing is they don't and this is such a unique time i mean what we're going through i feel very grateful to be a part of this to be able to make a difference and um help the kids because this is hardship if you think of it at, at some point when this is hopefully all going to be behind us this is the time where we have to help the kids deal with what they're going through right now. Um, and so I feel very grateful to be able to be a part of that. But basically, 
the curriculum that we're putting together is to address kids' self-awareness, figure out who they are, figure out what's going on with them emotionally, and ultimately help them manage their emotions and understanding of what's going on in the world around them. Yeah, I love that explanation. That's, I'm sure we could have you on the podcast, Melody, for three hours, really breaking it down. I, I know we could, but, um, you know, with that being said, if you're a teacher and if you're new to Stanley and you don't know Melody or the school psychologist, reach out to them and just have a conversation because I know just as an educator, they're such an absolute wealth of knowledge. So I'm thinking about like a scenario, um, like maybe what are some of the factors that would cause a student to reach out to the student support services in counseling? Maybe a, a student is feeling a certain way or a parent maybe thinks that their child needs, needs some support. And I know at a school there are, there are many different people. There are the teachers, there's counselors, there's assistant principals, there's the, there's the office manager, and sometimes they're the, they're the point of contact. And I know as a, as a principal, usually that all came funneled down to me, and then we kind of went out um, with those services. So Betsy, can you talk about just kind of that initial, uh, that, that, that initial process uh, to maybe identify a student or reach out or a teacher give you a referral or you talk to a parent and then kind of what, what happens next? Yeah, so I will say that I mentioned this earlier, but we do have just the most amazing and devoted group of teachers on our campus who really are the first eyes and ears on how students are doing. Our teachers are experts at reading the room and reading the student. So some sometimes that you won't necessarily notice if a student is acting in a certain way, if that's different. It could be that it goes unnoticed by most, but our teachers are really tuned in to who their students are. We've spent a lot of time over the past three years talking about the importance of building community. And one of the main reasons behind that is so that you can know your students and thereby know when something is not going right. Not everybody acts in the same way. Not everybody is going to emote in the same way. So by knowing your kids, you really can be the most responsive, which thankfully our teachers are. So we, um, we really get a lot of referrals from our, from our teachers. They can come to the administrators. They can go right to the counselors. And that's what starts the, the chain of support um, with everybody coming together in a student support team or counselors just doing a check-in. Um, so th those are our be best, best methods of how we get, get the kind of support that our students need. We'll also be doing a lot of um, education as a whole staff when certain events happen so that we can be mindful of resources that teachers might need or support that families might need and be pushing that out to everyone. So. Yeah, so that's a good, that's a great, uh, something that came up to my mind was my wife and I, we're the kind of people that we're going to go research something in depth on our own before maybe we come asking for support. Just that's the kind of parent, everybody parents differently. Now, I know Mary, you have a great website and on the right hand side of your website, you have tons of resources. You have a virtual calming room. I actually did a 10 minute meditation. This is, this is a true story before the podcast because I wanted to kind of see what options you were providing. So, I mean, just briefly, if it's, the, if it's the links on your website or anything in general, 
maybe a parent is not ready to come to you, Betsy or Melody or a teacher, and they just want to kind of support in some small way at home. Mary, what's one way that a parent could do that? Um, well, I love that you looked at my website because I worked so hard on that and I'm always want I want to make sure like it would be nice to know parents are utilizing it because there are so many resources. Um, I think that here at Stanley, we, we do, uh, it's a priority of ours to kind of get the word out to families that there's a lot of support here. Um, and it's one email away, one phone call away. Um, I feel like my contact information is plastered everywhere on the Stanley website. And I, I'm constantly saying, if you ever need anything, call. Um, and I think that that's the first step is uh, reaching out and talking to whoever their support team is. And like Betsy said, it could, you start with teachers and then teachers always come to us and the conversations are starting to happen. And then Melody gets looped in and, and then the admin of, for that grade level gets looped in. So there's a lot of attention and support. Um, and I think if I were a new parent at Stanley and I was a little maybe hesitant to reach out for help, I would look first at the websites of their teachers, the counselor, our front page. Um, there's so much information and start there. And then, I mean, I, I have a lot of parents who will just call and say, I'm just wondering exactly what the service is. And we'll have a nice conversation about that. Um, yeah. yeah, those websites are just, they're a great first defense. And it's not a, it's not a, a punt from we're not, we don't want to give you services. It's just, hey, check this out first and, and then come to us. And I can attest, even at a large school like Stanley, <laughs> The people on this call and the and the staff as a whole talk every day. I, I mean, Betsy, the number of conversations that a principal has and knows things before they happen, even if they happened five minutes before and they were like across campus, just there's so much open communication. Uh, Betsy, as the principal, do you have anything else just to kind of piggyback off of what Mary said based on that question? I think we do have a lot of supports in place for and, and channels for when things are not going well, but on the proactive end, I think it's really important to note how much work our counseling staff does with parents to give them information before things go awry. We all know that middle school years and adolescents are it's full of bumps in the road and we want those bumps to happen, but we also want them to be um, easily easily righted once once we've gone over them. So we do a lot of uh, parent education with our Wildcat chats once a month. Our counselors have a big presence in those meetings where they'll be giving tips of how to talk to your kids or maybe how to shift your messaging or how do you navigate school loop and what should you be saying to your child when you get a progress report. So we're doing a lot on the, on the front end in order to um, make sure that our parents have the tools and information that they need before things become become bumpy so yeah no i love well, it and, yeah and something you said too about the um about the class earlier and playing kahoot and just playing games i gotta tell you my daughter i have a fourth grader and a second grader and my daughter um is in class and our room parent is like room parent of the year danielle gallagher and i think if there's anybody in lafayette that doesn't know danielle gallagher then they must have just moved to lafayette because danielle was the 
president of getting Measure L passed and just is such an amazing human being and individual. And I'm bringing her up because a couple of weeks ago, she actually had a Zoom game night with, with the kids and, you know, the adults, if you had your child hop on and uh, the adults were just able to spend an hour to themselves. And that's not the important piece. The important piece was my daughter was able to have some time with her friends that is different than the time during the day from 8.30 to, to 2.30. And speaking of Danielle, she is the vice president of LPI. And I know that LPI and Stanley, Betsy, have a very close relationship and I would say especially with these social emotional learning classes and just supporting the people and the programs. And I know professional development is so important and also, uh, also very costly. So what does that LPI relationship mean to Stanley uh, from your standpoint, Betsy? Oh, so many things. I think that, that Stanley is, is the amazing school that it is in part because our kids are so wonderful. Um, our teachers are so dedicated and our community is so involved in making sure that we are supporting that that needs to get supported in a California public school. Um, LPI does so many things to support our elective program, our music program, our arts program, going back to when we were LASF, now LPI, um, really recognizing that the academics are essential, but there are additional things that we all live for. And we live for the food and the music and the art and our ability to communicate with one another and express our, our feelings to one another. And LPI supports all of that. They are the ones who support that work that's happening here at our school. When you talk about student support, we, we really recognize the need to have, our, have additional counselors and counselors who were really working with students, not just doing schedules, not just in some places checking out textbooks. Our counselors are true counselors and they work with our students. And we went to LPI because we knew that this was something that we really wanted to have and LPI was able to fund additional days so we would have the counseling support that we need here. And our professional development is, is huge to give teachers the opportunity to really feel confident and comfortable in navigating some really tricky conversations that they have to navigate. So giving them that time and that, that um, the tools to be able to do that happens through LPI and the work that um, our community is, is supporting. Well, I work with a lot of school districts across the country, and I would say they all support the child. And I would say the relationship with LPI and Lafayette school districts supports the whole child. And what you said, Betsy, about the arts and just all these different factors that a lot of school districts just aren't able to provide funding for. They want to provide the support. There's just not enough money in education in pretty much every state across this country. And just that partnership with LPI is so important. Again, speaking of LPI and speaking of Danielle Gallagher, we have her on the podcast as well today. And I think I think this is actually a very timely episode, Danielle, because you have a middle schooler now. And from a parent's standpoint, from what you're comfortable saying, just what is it like now being a, uh, you are an alumni of LPI, but now that your, your oldest is at LPI and all these different supports, just what is it, what is it like during virtual learning especially? Well, th thanks, Adam, for having me. And yes, my daughter is a new wildcat, a sixth grader this year. And what I love 
to listen after school about her student support class is I think one of the things about parents when you come into middle school as part of the hesitation or nervousness is how is my child going to integrate? How is my child going to meet new people? And especially in this distance learning environment, that, that is a big hesitation. And the student support class has really offered her the ability to meet new people. Funny enough, um, her name is Grace. There happens to be two other Graces in her student support class. And so they uh, laugh about that. And I heard her giggling one day. And after school, I asked her, you know, what were, what were you laughing about um, in class today? And she said, we were laughing that how did all the Graces get together? But you know what? That's a connection. Um, and that is a moment where she is feeling happy and supported and meeting new people. And it makes her excited that whenever we get back on campus, whenever it's safe, that she has made new friends and connections. Um, and I think that, that that is amazing. And I'm so incredibly happy that LPI is able to support and pivot based on the needs of the students and the recommendation of the staff and teachers. Um, and so however LPI can support, and in this way this year, it's the student support class. And we are, we are thrilled to do so. Well, Danielle, again, thank you for all your support and your time. And also thank you for uh, chiming in just from a parent standpoint. Melody, distance learning looks different. Supporting students looks different. How are you reaching and supporting students in this distance learning environment? Well, for me personally, since much of my time is focused on students um, with IEPs that are in special ed, um, we are actually doing some assessments. Um, we've just recently started, but up until now, I've been seeing students through Zoom. I, we all, I never touched Zoom in my life until March, and now we're on Zoom all the time. But in a way, it's been nice because when I, I do spend a lot of time with, talking to parents, and I just immediately just set up a Zoom meeting, and to be able to see someone face-to-face -face and not leave home, I, I can't help but wonder if this is going to be something we sort of take to and it's always part of our life, but um, we are, are doing the best we can to, to connect with the kids, to help them connect with each other, and to help them connect with their learning. It can be super challenging, and so my role is a little bit in the background rather than directly interfacing with students, um, but I do think that we, we work really well as a team to help students as we go along and to help them take part and be a part of their education despite the, the craziness of everything as it is now. Yes, I think uh, along with pivot, crazy is I think one of the most commonly used words in 2020. So Mary, I know that you have a child at Lafayette Elementary. You moved your life to Lafayette because you love Stanley and Lafayette so much. And in thinking about that, I also think about books and you're a mom and you're a counselor. What's the best book that you can recommend parents read in, in just kind of a way to maybe gain empathy or understanding or also just to best support uh, their child? Do you have a book that you could recommend? Um, that, I, to, that I read to my child or do I, that they, parents would read for themselves? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very open-ended question. I just threw you a softball. Hit it I out know. of the park. 
Um, well, my son is really into graphic novels. So we've been reading a lot of graphic novels. And since he's in kindergarten, it's been related to kindergarten and school. Um, someone just recommended this book to me. It's called Blue Toboggan. Um, and it's a, it's a story actually about grief. Um, but it doesn't outright say grief. It's sort of more about transition. Um, it's kind of for the younger group, but I think it's a great book because it sort of, it's, it, it doesn't talk about death. It just talks about transition and disappointment. And I think a lot of kids are feeling and experiencing that right now. So it just gives them another opportunity to process those feelings that they're having due to being in a pandemic. Yeah, and I'm glad that you brought up a, a, a picture book. You know, I've done a lot of work with a Teachers College in New York, and I know a lot of teachers in Lafayette have done the same. And picture books can be read to or with middle school students also. They're not just for first and second graders, because I think every story can turn into a story or an example. Um, Betsy, I'm going to ask you this question, but the book I'm going to recommend first, there's three they're by Linda Mullally Hunt, Shouting at the Rain, Fish in a Tree, and One for the Murphys. They are the easiest books to read. I would say One for the Murphys is the most maybe graphic and middle school-ish book of the three, but I know I've read them and so did my wife, and it just gave us it gave us good perspective on other people's lives and what other people are going through. And it also allowed us to have a conversation about kids and parenting in, in general. So those are my book recommendations. Betsy, throw down what's your book reco to the podcast listeners. And I have more than one. You named three, so I might have Okay, to it was the same author, Betsy, but I knew you were gonna push it. Go ahead, give as many as you want. <laughs> Not the same, although I love fish in a tree. I. Um, I do think that my first recommendation is going to be that the book Everybody Reads Together is our One Book, One School, which will not be revealed until November 30th. So once you know what that book is, please make sure that you read that together because it will be a wonderful, I can tell you it's a wonderful book and I can tell you that you will, we will all benefit from reading it together as a community. I love the mystery, <laughs> Betsy, I love the mystery. Yeah, no reveal, and it will be a, a quite a big reveal that we, Barb Stevens, our librarian, navigates every year for us. So um, the two I would recommend, I are probably um, just most, most relevant in my mind right now, is the one is The Coddling of the American Mind, which um, came out a few years ago, but it's a fantastic book of just helping, helping recognize the importance of seeing each other and seeing each other's differences and making sure that we are all learning to be comfortable with different viewpoints and different kinds of situations that we might find ourselves in and to not judge first, but to really um, be open to learning rather than shutting down and judging which I think everybody could, could use a little a thought, uh, some thinking around right now. Um, the other book is a book called Late Bloomers. And 
it really is, what I really liked about it is that having kids who were in middle school and then in high school, and my oldest just um, graduated from Akalani's and is starting his freshman year sitting in his bedroom. Um, but just recognizing that the, the linear path that we all assume our children are on right now is not the same for everyone and that that's okay. And really being open to the fact that the journey that we are all on is not always a straight line and it is not always what we expect it to be, but that we can all get to amazing places. It just might look different. So those would be my two book recs right now. And I'm sure if I think about it, I'll have another five for you at another time. So Well, that's seven. I think Melody, you have one more book to make it an even eight to recommend. <laughs> yeah, I just have one. My kids are finished with college, so I can barely remember what we read when they were younger. Um, but I, I discovered a book a few years ago and I was so excited about it that I went and bought five copies. Oh. And, and it's called Raising Resilient Children and it's by Brooks and Goldstein. And it's about raising children who are empathetic, compassionate, optimistic, but more importantly, kids that are resilient, kids that can go through life's challenges and hit those obstacles, but they can bounce back from them. And I feel like this is kind of a theme where coming back big, big circle here, but I feel like this is, uh, this is so relevant to me right now. And I really appreciate um, the idea and that this, these authors have written this and it's very easy to read. And it's, a, it's almost like a to-do book <laughs> and it's, I think it's great. Well, Melody and Betsy and Mary, thank you for the book recommendations. Thank you for the conversation. I have one final question. And Betsy, this one is for you. The question is, where do you want to see Stanley Middle School in 15 years? Oh, well, I would, I would be hard pressed to say it needs to be in a very different place than it is right now because it's a phenomenal middle school. And I will tell you, well, I did start here when I was probably just 10 years old myself. Um, I have also worked at a lot of different schools. I worked in San Francisco. I've worked in Connecticut and Virginia for Boston Public. And something always keeps bringing me back to Stanley. And it really is because it is just a phenomenal community that really has their, their values in the right place when it comes to what we all want for our kids. This is not a school that's all about the test scores, although our kids do very well and we're all learning and growing and phenomenal, phenomenal students in that regard. But um, we really are thinking about who we want our kids to be as people. And I don't know that I would say that that will ever change. So I, I want to make sure that in 15 years, Stanley is still keeping its eyes on that prize, which is, which is how we're caring for our, who our kids become. Yeah, caring about the whole child when you have amazing teachers and supportive parents, test scores, they do take care of themselves. And uh, I am with you, my friend, that should not be the focus. Well, we are wrapping up such an amazing conversation with such amazing educators and parents and volunteers. And thank you for everyone for listening as always. And we hope you have an absolutely amazing day. Now for a special message from LPI Executive Director, Beth Goldberg. Hi everyone. And thank you for listening to the LPI podcast series. We hope you are enjoying the conversations and learning about the impact of your donations to LPI.
If you want to hear more, please subscribe. We will continue to roll out conversations with experts in our community so you can hear firsthand how our students are benefiting from your support. Without an education foundation in Lafayette, we would lose incredible programming that expands opportunities for our students. So please visit lpi.org and donate an amount that is meaningful to you. If you have questions or hot topics you'd like us to talk about, contact LPI at office at lpi.org. Thank you and stay tuned for the next podcast.